Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hello, this is Max Rushton. And Charlie Baker. And this is the H&J Daily just a pause for the H&J fans who wanted to switch off the pod. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, anyway, uh, what, did we, who did, what did we do today? We spoke to John Cross. Charlie yes. did a good joke, so we're One keeping it joke. in. One good joke. Well done, Charlie. And uh, we spoke to the Rochdale manager. Uh, be, let's be brutally honest. I wasn't sure why, but Brian he turned Barry out to... Barry Murphy. I called him Barry, I think. I wonder if that will stay in. I hope so. But anyway, he was really good. Really interesting, nice bloke. So we'll, we'll, uh, you'll hear that. And uh, we had a chat, didn't we, Charlie? That was fun. We spoke about um, pardoning people, didn't we? And also uh, gentlemen's agreements. And silly punishments for Robert Snodgrass, West Ham and West Brom. Here it is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. Good afternoon, Max. As you can tell, I'm in a, I'm in a nervous, slightly bad mood because, I mean, you made light of the National League situation there, but that is 60 clubs, Max, that... Yes. You know, no, could I didn't make either, How dare you uh, say uh, I don't... go out of business, their dreams could be over. Um, it's a huge subject, and I'm pleased we've got someone on from the National League paper to yes, discuss and, and, it. And, it. And it involves what the clubs thought was a loan, thought was a grant, but might actually be a loan. Well, it, they're saying it is a loan. They're saying the 11 right. million, a million, 11 million pounds that the departure of culture, media, and sport has given to the National League. They're saying it is a loan rather than a grant and yes. and the clubs were under the impression it was a grant so there's a you know that is a, with, real, that is a real in a season where a lot of uh, games have um, obviously gone by the wayside and have been postponed and you know people are at different stages in the season and now the financial element has come in as well it's oh, especially when, when your team is eight points clear at the top of the league oh, oh, and have been fighting to get out of this division and are playing the best football we've ever seen it's just it's just gutting. I can't even make... No, li- no. You know me, I will make light of most things. Yes, I cannot I make light of it. No, it is that, absolutely and, and what, gutting. That's a terrible breakdown. We'll get into it in, in yeah. detail a bit later, but that's a terrible breakdown of communication. You know, in any walk of life, if someone says, would you like £100? And you say, mm. yes, please. And then three months later saying, can I have that £100 back? You say, well, hang on, a, hang on a second. But we'll get into it in detail with people. Meanwhile, yes. Cambridge United are top of the I league. Know, yes. I mean, we, how exciting we, for you. We won at South End last night. It was one of those games where it was basically, it was like a three-goal wind. We kept them to one nil at half-time, but like, yeah. every, like literally goal <laughs> kicks just flying basically into the top corner, a bit like at Newport. Yeah. And it was, it, it, you just thought, wow, we kept them to one nil. And then the game just totally turned at half-time. And uh, uh, Jack Iredale uh, scored a, if Messi had scored it, we'd be talking about it. Oh, yeah. And it's it, what's interesting about iFollow, and I don't know if anyone else 
um, listening has, has felt this, as someone who supports a lower league team that I don't get to see very much and haven't really got to see for years, mm. that I've, I, you know, one tiny silver lining of, of this weird time is I've got to see my team yeah. play every single game because mm-hmm. I'm not playing on a Saturday. They're there. Midweek, I'm at home. And, you know, and so... I know these players. I yeah. didn't know the players two years ago or three years ago, and you you need to know. What, you know, you don't get them on the TV all the time. And so, and exactly. So I, I'm really, I really hope that when fans get into stadiums again, and I don't know if I follow was a thing before or all the games were on, but I just really hope it stays. I don't think it will keep match-going fans out of the stadiums. You don't want that to happen. But for, for lots of fans who are far away from their club, it's been a real lifeline mm-hmm. For, it's, it's been a, a real lo- lifeline for people mentally, mm. um, keeping the football going. But also, yeah, the, the I follow or whichever streaming in, in the National League, it's a streaming. They have a streaming service of of different qualities. Yeah, and some of them, but some, the of them are it, absolute, some of them are absolutely excellent. And uh, it, 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 you're absolutely right. You the more access you have, the more you see your team play, the more you love them, the mm. more you feel involved. Um, but yes, would. The, the the thing is, would someone from Talk United who would normally go away to Hartlepool on a Tuesday night when they can watch a stream, will they go? That's that's the argument. Yeah, that's really. a very good question. I do hear there that um, uh, you know Danny Ings isn't uh, it's, they're struggling to agree a release clause. Do you have mm. a? Sounds really it, in the wrong in the wrong way of understanding a release clause. It just sounds wrong, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't I don't think I really want to have a release clause. I'm certainly not in an airless room with you. I'm more know. interested in uh, you saying a three goal wind. I've done a few of those, <laughs> especially, especially Boxing Day. That was a uh, three goal wind there. Uh, so anyway, there are two yes. things we'd like you to get involved with. You may have noticed there's some politics about at the moment, and uh, we are on our screens in front of us. Uh, we've got you know transfer talk just in case Graham. Dorans is rumoured to go be going somewhere else, and uh, but mm. we also got the U.S. inauguration as there's a helicopter. I presume Biden has landed on that. No, no, no. This is Trump leaving. Oh, Trump's about this to is leave. What happens every okay. every every uh, president leaves okay. and has the big uh, final scene at the White House yeah. door where they okay. they get shake hands on their way out and say thanks very much and oh. then get taken away. Right. Okay. So he's about to leave. And then Biden. So some politics about it. you. Notice that Donald Trump has pardoned a lot of people. Like Lil Wayne. Yeah, Lil Wayne. He's he may, part, the rapper, he, Lil Wayne. Has he? He's pardoned. Yeah. I don't know what Lil Wayne had done. That's not that boxer we spoke okay, to. We that don't time, to no, no. Probably don't to get into that. But what we'd like to do is that we'd like to issue some sporting pardons. Um, if if there's anybody in sport who has uh, committed a sporting crime that you think we should pardon, <laughs> and don't give us real crimes, but yeah, I'm going to read them out. In that. But we want, you know, if if a footballer did something for your side that really let the team down, and you think it's time that we gave them a pardon, we will review them and we will give we will dish yeah. out pardons liberally. Um, or if a footballer released a terrible song, or or uh, Let's give it, we've, got, we've got a few examples. Yeah, already. Okay, the, yeah, the, yeah. the tin boonie has been on on Twitter. Mm. It's time to finally pardon. The Sunderland Beach Ball. Absolutely right. I'm happy pardoned. with that. You are pardoned. The Beach Ball, pardoned. <laughs> Do we have um, to say that? Okay. Yes, yeah, Sir Joseph Harry Kane for not squaring it to Raheem Sterling. Oh, is it time we no, pardon? No, no, it's not. Good. Not not enough water no, under the bridge it was yet. A brilliant save. People didn't notice this. Is it Subasic? Who was the, the the Croatian keeper? Came in and got a touch on that. Um, I. Does it have to be a unanimous pardon? Because I'm happy to pardon, but if you're I, not... I think it's not enough time sh- gone. Surely, surely, I mean, in this... Currently where we're sitting, you're very much the Mike Pence to my <laughs> Donald Trump, are you not? Yeah, and um, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather be on the right, okay. side, the okay. right side of history okay. in this one. <laughs> That's fine. Craig says, Darren Bent for that miss. 
that uh, Harry Redknapp's wife would have scored. I think oh. we're ready to pardon. Okay, Darren and, and the Talksports Darren Ben. Um, the other thing uh, we uh, the other thing we'd like you to do is uh, the Snodgrass Agreement, which was not part of uh, it's not part of U.S. politics. The Snodgrass Agreement <laughs> is of, it not? of 1884. <laughs> um, yes, the, the fact that we're sort of slowly discovering that. Maybe something happened there and the Premier League were investigating it and he signed and they said, oh, it doesn't, he won't play. But, uh, you know, as Rich says, the Snodgrass Agreement does sound like the sort of thing that turns up in history books along the yes. lines of the current political situation between Waziristan and frontier provinces is wow. due to the borders drawn by the Snodgrass Agreement of 1845. But did you ever make a, did you ever make a gentleman's agreement, uh, you know, maybe at school yeah. or maybe with your friends or a sporting gentleman's agreement? And did you stick to it? Uh, Rob says, um, we made a gentleman's agreement that we wouldn't shave anyone's eyebrows off on our first lad's holiday mm. in Lanzarote, 06. Seven of us shook on it. First night coming back from the strip we failed to hold up the agreement he has sent a photo of one of their friends oh, smiling with no eyebrows that doesn't sound very gentlemanly does it no I can't I imagine know. sitting in a gentleman's club with a glass of port I promise you <laughs> <laughs> I will not shave your eyebrows um, uh, James says uh, I got asked to give a penalty away because it was a lad's birthday on the other side Ooh. I said okay at the start but tried ignoring the coach all game until he just blew for a penalty and said that oh. I pulled his shirt had stern words of the other coach for pulling his shirt afterwards um, uh, yeah these are these are good nice I, I, um, nice. Uh, there was a really there was a, re- was a really good one that I found I'll read it in just a second here we are uh, David says um, I agreed not to tackle someone in football at primary school for a whole year if I could go to his birthday party. Oh, lovely. Maybe this is what, I, maybe this is what Sam Allardyce has done. Max. Possibly. Well, they could have said, look, why don't you let Snodgrass can play, but we promise he won't put any crosses in with his left foot. That's the <laughs> yeah, sort of deal. I agreed to not to tackle someone in football at primary school for a whole year if I could go to his birthday party. Next year at secondary school, I realised it was a stupid idea and I never went to his birthday party oh, again. There we are. So look, go. there we go. If you've made any gentlemen's agreements, um, uh, then please uh, let us know. Um, and uh, did you stick to them or did you renege on them? And uh, anybody in sport that you think it's finally time to pardon will be issuing pardons for the next two hours and 45 minutes. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Morning all? No, no, I'm not doing that show. I'm doing H&J Which one is it? today. It's the afternoon. It? Good afternoon. I'm Max Rush and Charlie Baker alongside me here till four. Uh, so, look, great win for Leicester. Um, uh, this sort of review is uh, Leicester good, Chelsea mm. not good in that game. And West Ham, two points off Liverpool. Well, let's look back at uh, yesterday's football with uh, the chief football writer from the Mirror, John Cross. Cross the afternoon. Very good afternoon to you boys. How are you both good? Yeah, yeah excellent. Good. Thanks very much. Um, and and it, Leicester is such an interesting uh side with some really wonderful footballers you know and maybe have gone under the radar slightly they're top of the league today I know it changes every day and you know it'll be someone else tomorrow and we'll be saying someone else is favourites for the title and maybe Leicester aren't favourites for the title but they're a really good side with a really good manager yeah and a really good coach I, I think that's what Brendan Rodgers gives gives the players that energy on the pitch doesn't he I, I, I must say I've always been a Brendan Rodgers fan I like the way he sets his teams up they're always uh, full of flair attacking energy you know they press really well they, they, they attack uh, brilliantly and I think they're full of imagination full of exciting dynamic players and, and, and last night I just thought typified that by the way I also think it typifies their 
you know, incredibly intelligent transfer business. I mean, Fofana, what a player he is. Mm. I mean, absolutely fabulous, isn't he? And, and Madison just, just was terrific. And I just thought that that performance last night showed that Leicester, who I thought did brilliantly last season, I know people kind of, you know, finished maybe feeling a bit negative about them because they missed out on the top four. But I just didn't see it like that at all. I thought what they did was, 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 was really impressive. And I think this season, I can't see them winning the title, but I can see them finishing in the top four this time. And if you're making progression like that, and as I think that Brendan Rodgers is, then I think you mark yourselves down as something special. I think Leicester really got back to kind of where they were, you know, when they delighted the nation, frankly, by winning the title. And I think Brendan Rodgers is, you know, deserves all the credit really for, for, for getting them back to that that really wonderful, positive place. Yeah, people said they couldn't do it last time in such an entertaining way. But for me, John, <laughs> they're like Shaggy, you know. He brings out O Carolina in 1993, and you think that's it. He's not got another one in them. A couple of years later, Mr. Boombastic drops. It's the same with Leicester City. <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? But where did he go from Mr. Boombastic? That's the problem. Uh, it wasn't me. So there we yeah. are. Yeah, pretty good, you know. Pretty <laughs> good. good. You never know. It might that's be a third. Euro- sort of Europa League. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that Europa League. League? <laughs> Um, look, they, and, and so, look, James Madison's interview afterwards, a lot of people have talked about it. It was really refreshing, wasn't it? Because I thought he, he sort of, it was like he understood broadcasting. He, like, really decon I'm not saying I understand it, but, like, he deconstructed mm. it. He, he, you know, he, he said, look, I'm going to give the cliche answer about taking each game as it comes, but he did it in a good way. And, and like, he, he represents, you know, like, part of that really, like, exciting young players, a lot of whom could could get in the England squad. You know, you think of James Justin, I know we've got a lot of right-backs, but played well on the left as well. There's Madison, you know, Harvey Barnes as well. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I love that interview. And, and the credit where credit's due, Jeff Shrees, I think, is a brilliant post-match interview, isn't he? You know, let it flow and basically got the questions in. <laughs> James Madison's got his own, own, own sort of kind of, you know, doesn't need really any help. But, um, you know, I thought it was a terrific interview. And he is full of confidence. I've got to say, early in his career, a few of us sat down with him at St George's Park on England duty. And I came away thinking... I think there's a borderline between kind of being, you know, confident, arrogant, and sort of almost a bit too cocky. Mm, I'd heard that. I'd heard that. But, you know, people develop, don't they? Grow and change. Mm. Exactly that. Exactly that. I I just think that that basically it's, you know, maybe you have to have that sort of right balance. And now he's achieved things. I mean, he's played for England. He's playing in a top, top team, you know, over a consistent period of time. And I just think he's justified that. But actually, I go back to the fact, what's wrong with being a bit of confident, you know, being confident? If you're playing in the position that he plays, you have to have that arrogance, I think. You have to have that confidence so that basically, you know, you can do something a bit different. You can be a bit extravagant. You can express yourself. And I actually loved it. So I just thought that that interview was great. And Mm. I just think, you know, I I can now see, you know, you can see why some managers put so much um, faith and store in what players do in the media. And I think we as journalists, you know, can come across sometimes as you know, being painted on social media as being a bit self-important when we when we big up these interviews. But that that interview with Madison said everything you needed to know about the player and why I think kind of certain interviews and certain players kind of ooze that confidence. But it's also really important, I think, that, you know, a player can face the cameras, face the media and have something to say. And I think it brings out confidence and probably improves him as a person, mm-hmm. as a player. Um, we are going to talk Chelsea after yeah. two with a with a, a Chelsea podcaster and broadcaster. So so can we move on to West Ham, Crossy? Yeah. I mean, two points behind Liverpool. I've said this already today, but normally West Ham are more than two points 
behind Liverpool after one game. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know like, like, and, and David Moyes, I remember I was on air when David Moyes did his press conference and it was a slightly partridgey press conference when he said, you know, I've got the best, win, you know, I've won the most games or I've got the best win percentage apart from some other managers, you know, and, and I, that's what I do, I win. And you were like, oh, I'm not sure, but credit where it's due, he's done a really fine job there. Yeah, I like David Moyes, and I I sort of, again, sign up to him. By the way, we can move on on to West Ham immediately, of course, as long as I can quickly say Chelsea absolutely must stick by Frank Lampard. That's the only thing I'll say on it. But then basically, David Moyes, I just think that the, you know, what he did at Everton was, was, was remarkable over a period of time. And I think sometimes when you do that over a number of years, I think fans and sort of indeed the football public almost become a bit complacent, and and I think that's sometimes overlooked what he did as an as a job of work as an achievement. If he can do that for, for West Ham for five years, as as maybe as opposed to ten years or whatever it was at Everton, then I just think that that would be establishing some really strong foundations for that football club because they've got all the ingredients there. You know, they have got this stadium. I know the fans are sort of weren't quite happy about it. And I know they talk about false promises. I get all of that. And it's a very difficult atmosphere to kind of build upon. But I think that that, that is exactly what David Moyes is, is, is doing. You know, you'll take some, some criticism from time to time. A few games ago, you know, took criticism, didn't he, over the Brighton game, just as a random example, being a bit too negative. But then last night, you know, these are difficult times. And he's gone for it with Antonio, who's clearly not fully match fit. You know, and he's got the win against a very stubborn, resistant team. And I just think that the West Ham, if they stick with Moyes, which you know, I've absolutely no reason to doubt that they will, because you know, it's the obvious thing to do. Then I think that he will establish them as a top ten going on top eight club for the next five years. And surely, you know, that moves West Ham into a much, much better place. Uh, Crossy, always nice to talk to you. And you guys, thank you. Uh, John Cross there, Chief Football Writer for The Mirror. And the subject, we're giving out some pardons today. Yeah. Uh, footballing crimes. Uh, David, uh, David says, I think it's time for Leeds fans to pardon Thomas Brolin for getting fat and being useless. Oh, poor Thomas. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to go with pardoned. the pardon. Yes, pardon. Well done. Uh, is it time to pardon the hotel chef that made that lasagna for Spurs? <laughs> ben, the Spurs fan, says no. No, OK. So he's brought it up. All oh, right. Well, I say pardon. I say pardon. That's okay. A long time. Alex gone. has been in touch. Said, Whoa, no way is that beach ball getting pardoned. <laughs> oh. um, Martin, how about a pardon for Ian Dowie for that own goal against Stockport in 96? No, I'm absolutely... That was marvellous. And another one, Thomas says, uh, is it time to pardon the referee and the linesman, I suspect, in the Germany-England game in the World Cup 2010? I'll be honest, I had pardoned them as soon as I'd heard Mark Saggers. <laughs> I believe if, if that hadn't happened, we would never have had this. Where's the bit where he says, it's, it's goal. goal. That's the best God, bit. It's, it's goal. Gone too short, not pardoned. <laughs> not pardoned for that. It's when he, he can't even bring himself to say A. That's it. He can't even bring himself to say the word A. It's two. It's goal. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hi, good afternoon. It's uh, Talksport Max Rush and Charlie Baker with you until uh, four this afternoon. Um, uh, anonymous Mark the Hammer says, "Boys, West Ham are actually signing Metal Mickey as the mystery striker that we're oh, linked right. to." Oh, yes, nice. they're slightly more mobile than Sebastian Halle, I suppose. Uh, uh, Paul in no. Kent yes. says, uh, "We should pardon. I don't, but I don't think anyone's going to agree with this." Right. And it's not for us to say, Max. No. Pardon Thierry Henry for that handball against Republic of Ireland. Uh, we'll need two Irishmen to text in to let us know. It's not for us to give that pardon. That in no way. You're absolutely right. But yeah, if you'd like us to give a sporting pardon, then we absolutely will over the next two hours. Or at least we'll consider it. We're not just going to dish them out no. liberally. We're really taking willy nilly. No, we're taking this seriously. Um, uh, right. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, League One specifically. Yeah. Uh, Rochdale. Find out what life is like being the manager of a, a team in League One at the moment. Brian Barry Murphy's the the boss of Rochdale, and he joins us now. Brian, how you doing? Hey, good, Max. Hi, Charlie. Uh, nice to talk to you. I think we booked you earlier in the week where basically every game you'd had for a few weeks had been 3-3, four, four, you know, 4-1 to you, 4-0 to yeah. you, 4-1 to someone else. It's sort of a crazy, a crazy goal fest. And then you played in a 1-0 defeat yesterday. You should have, if you could have had more goals in that yesterday, it would have worked perfectly for us, Brian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and to be honest, Max, I'm kind of holding you guys directly responsible for what happened last night. Um, <laughs> Not even, not even joking. I got the request on Monday afternoon, and um, it was kind of there's been, there's been more national publicity around our club in the last seven days than ever before, and it's all been around uh, this goal fest or goal craze, and uh, and the players are just saying, "Are we becoming notorious for this?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah." Well, but we showed them on on Tuesday night how we can do it differently, and 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 lo and behold, we just forgot to score. Uh, it happens sometimes, I guess. How how are you? I mean, obviously, we we talk a lot on this station about the Premier League, and we probably don't put enough um, uh, emphasis on, on on the football league. I'm a Cambridge fan. Charlie's a, a Torquay fan, so hoping to get back in the league. You know, how has how have the last few months been? Yeah, both you guys are flying. Um, yeah, it it's been. Um, I think there has been comparisons between the Premier League in terms of um, the scheduling and, and how intense it's been. Um, I think what's been totally different for us is that when when the Premier League guys complain about um, 
the players they're missing for clubs like us we end up like putting like we always put academy prospects in anyway but those guys become younger and younger and we end up like having 16 17 year olds making up large percents of our squad mm-hmm. um so there's there's obviously benefits to that in that um to get exposure and and we've made i suppose a niche out of developing our own players and and, and selling them on so that's probably been even more evident but I suppose it's just been different to the premier league in in that aspect really and you made that step from playing to managing the, the same side how how difficult is that you sort of hear overnight you suddenly can't be anybody's friend which always seems slightly harsh to me <laughs> you know suddenly yeah. you've just got to you know delete your contacts and treat everybody differently no yeah i i didn't succeed in that i think um loads of our players i was kind of a part of the development side of the club anyway so i was responsible for a lot of the younger players so when I became um, caretaker and then manager, um, not if I'm being honest, nothing changed. They just saw me as, as Brian. And, and even then, if someone used the dreaded term gaffer or boss, the whole room would just break down laughing and thinking, who are you addressing? <laughs> no credibility whatsoever when that phrase was used. But I just, um, just disbanded it straight away. I suppose the most important thing is to, to keep the clubs alive and to keep the clubs going. I see you spent a large majority of your career at Berry and, and you see what happens there. So I suppose you, when, when, when football becomes rocky as it is at the moment, you, you just keep the club going, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I suppose this season more than ever, Charlie, there's been, um, you know, as, as managers, we're always kind of going to the board saying, oh, we need a bit more. We need this player. We need that player. But, in the summer, the board kind of made clear that um, the priority was to keep the club afloat and make sure that in 12 months' time we had a club. Yeah. And, and like you said, Burry being so close to us and being our being our, was our most significant derby, um, the evidence was there that if this if this got if we got this slightly wrong, then the consequences were so severe that I can't really complain about about what we've done and and, and how um, and how tight we've had to be in terms of bringing players in. But like you said, evidence around our area. Um, has been pretty devastating in terms of losing clubs. Sure, and it matters so much to the community, doesn't it? I mean, there's so many people listening who don't know the first thing about Rochdale, but, you know, that football club matters to that town. Oh, yeah, and, and in the area, Max, the whole, um, you know, you see the big derbies in the Premier League, but the rochdale Bury derby was something that the fans would talk about um, for months on end, and I was on both sides of the divide. I played for Bury and then played for Rochdale against them and, and, and managed Rochdale, obviously. Were you forgiven? Uh, Were you forgiven or not? I was forgiven by the Rochdale fans because I joined them. <laughs> yeah, and, and when I played for Bury, I, I had an instinct that a lot of the Bury fans thought it was rubbish anyway, so they were kind of glad to be back at me. Um, yeah, yeah. And again, I'm not really joking. Um, so so um, yeah, to lose that derby though was was like uh, was was really devastating for everybody, and even the Rochdale supporters and board I know had real close links. So it's a huge part of um, of what made the English lower leagues. Uh, so special for me coming from Ireland where it was pretty similar and um, so to lose that kind of I think has heightened um, uh, the need for all of these smaller clubs to be looked after and to survive Are you in a good shape are you in a good shape financially? Yeah I, I think so. I think our club um, because of what's gone on in the, in the past couple of years Max we've developed um, a lot of our own players our, and our academy has, has become um, an even heightened source of income uh, we prioritise that and uh, we kind of have two distinct players in our squad. We have our own players that we developed and brought through our academy. Um, and because of that success, uh, some of the bigger clubs higher up the chain in the Premier League have loaned us some of their best young players. So that's kind of what's helped us to um, remain so um, stable financially and, and, and not be overly concerned by what's going on at the moment. Yeah, that must be one of the benefits of being where you are situated in the country. I mean, 
to go on about Torquay, if you're in Torquay or Grimsby or somewhere, it's yeah. a long way for players to go. But Rochdale, you're surrounded by clubs. You must get you must get great under twenty threes thrown at you, Barry. Brian. Um, yeah, you're fine. That, that happens, <laughs> happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the Barry reference is constant. Um, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, y- y- you say thrown, but for a long time, um, you a lot of the big clubs in our area were kind of. Um, would keep their own players in house, and I think it's only in the last season or two that they've really appreciated the value of League One, um, and probably seen the difference between certain players um, who've been in the in the under twenty three league for a long period of time and haven't progressed. And then we had the likes of, I'm not saying we, but Deli Ali came through League One, and yeah. they started to see it as, as a much more fertile ground for young players. And and no, definitely, um, the big clubs that wouldn't have considered it previously are thinking, yeah, we'll definitely loan our our, our best young players into League One. Um. Rochdale, of course, are known for spending the, the most time in one division, aren't they? In, uh, in uh, how, how long is it? 36 years or something? 36 years consecutively in Division 4, League 2. And it, so now you're in League 1. Is it just do not get relegated <laughs> back to Division 4? Is that, is that how you set out each, each season? Yeah, we, we don't we don't get um, any real pressure from the um, from the from the club or, or, or the fan. I think the number one um, thing that we just spoke about is that the club remains um, okay financially, and mm-hmm. we don't put ourselves in jeopardy. Um, I, th- I think we've enjoyed League One, though, and we we like to stay there um, as much as possible. And, and the players definitely do because it's such um, it's such a, it's a great league this season. But um, we have dipped back into League Two when I was here on the on the key field, and we managed to jump back up. So we'll try. Trying to avoid that at all costs, if possible. Can I ask you a question about iFollow? I was saying at the start of this show, it's it's really got me much more connected with with you know Cambridge United because mm. I don't get to go. I haven't been able to go really regularly for for a long time, and and the fact that I can watch them and get to know the squads is is like I found it really great and a really important part of, of sort of getting through this process. I just wonder if you know when it gets back to normal, touch wood, whenever that is. Do, do you think it'd be a good idea to keep that going, or would you be worried that? People would sit at home and watch the game and not come through the turnstiles. No, I think Max. I, I think it has to um, keep going. What what I've noticed is um, there's been loads more interaction from the players and the club in terms of our, our players have been really creative in terms of I've seen loads of vlogs and I didn't even know what a vlog was, but like they've become hugely popular. And what we found in our in our town especially was we had this huge fan base um, from loads of different um, um, cultures and nationalities within our own town. So loads of guys followed the uh, loads of families would follow the club but wouldn't go to the games. So right. um, whereas that was always a challenge, how can we get those to go to the games? Now I think it's just accepting that a lot of people won't go to the games, but they're very happy to watch it online. Um, and we're we're always looking to increase our fan base. It doesn't necessarily have to be within the stadium. It can be um, from afar as such. And I think I think there's loads of clubs exploring the idea of having their own TV station, which has been successful. Um, or I follow, as you said, as has opened up um, avenues to a whole different community in our town anyway. I think that's the thing. If There's that thing, if you can see it, you can do it. And a lot of the time with, with the lower league clubs and lower league football, you have to search for it. It's not it's not obvious to you. And so, of course, kids are drawn to the, the bigger teams. But if, if if it's there in front of you and you can see it in your front room, then, then kids will feel a connection to their local club. Yeah, yeah, and a huge, a huge thing we had in ours was the um, we have this huge Asian community in Rochdale and and and, and an African community, um, and the perception was that we had to entice um, these in, these communities into our ground, and we and we still do, but the support from um, from those communities when the players would go and visit or when I would go and do appearances on radio stations was like, um, they would know everything about every player and every part of the club, um, 
and then once it started, as you said, I follow or or on TV, it just opened up a whole new avenue of um, of support. That I think we have to embrace and, and kind of Great. see this as an opportunity to get involved. Uh, Brian, listen, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, really interesting. Like, if you score buckets at the weekend, then do we get any credit for that or not? Or is it you know? Uh, yesterday definitely. was what was us, and the rest is you. Yeah, definitely, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Cheers, Brian. Brian. Cheers, Take Brian. care. Bye. bye. Uh, Brian Barry Murphy there, a uh, Rochdale boss. And it's a good point, isn't it? I think 920 people watched Cambridge, paid for the, the iFollow yeah. for Cambridge, right? V South End. That's nine grand. You know, I mean, I don't know how much, you know, you, we wouldn't make that for an away game, obviously, because the, the, the home team get the gate receipts. I, I haven't thought it through totally, but it seems like if that could carry on, I, I think, think you're going to have difference. a certain amount of season ticket holders that will always go yeah. and will always get those season tickets. But, yeah. but hoovering up those families, those local families that, that might sit and watch it for a tenner, this can only be good, I think. I think so. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Great chance to uh, uh, look at all the things we've seen in the papers, the classic. Andy, what have you got? Oh, He's yeah. He's got some, some uh, news of Rita Ora and Gemma Collins. <laughs> Actually, I did have some news yesterday about Dua Lipa. Oh. Andy's having a couple of days off this week. Uh, I should... Uh, he's got a, it, she's releasing a new album, if I remember correctly, with some secret contributors. And what we don't know, as yet unconfirmed, if Andy... If Andy Jacobs is going to be one of those collaborators, Dua Lipa featuring Andy Jacobs, could we can we get maybe get that clip of him saying, uh, you know, Gemma Collins is better than Aspilicueta, and put it to a bit of Dua Lipa and see if it goes well. Does he does he he count as DJ Andy Jacobs? Is it a remix? um, Well, yeah, why not? Does he count as a DJ? Not really. He's not spinning any discs, is he? Um, He's talking about football. Talking about sport. I'm happy. It's what he wants to be. Yeah, you sure. can be who you want to be. Okay. Now, so Rod Stewart <laughs> uh, had to give up kicking footballs into the crowd mm. at gigs because fans who caught them were getting mugged. That's a brutal <laughs> way. It's a sad state of affairs. Uh, Celtic fan Sir Rod, uh, also, of course, the greatest uh, cup draw of all time. Oh, yes. Um, Jonathan Woodgate has two O's in his surname. Please stop texting Jonathan Woodgate his O's in the surname. Please, please, just help it's us. two people. Help now. us. Uh, right. Um, Celtic fan Sir Rod, 76, just in case you want to know, used to autograph each ball before launching the collector's items into the audience. Mm. He said people would walk out with the football because I signed them and then they get mugged because they're worth a lot of money, so I had to stop. Um, uh, he said it's just like an old firm game, really, said Sir Rod. I've just looked on, on eBay <clears> and the latest one is £48.20 for a Rod Stewart ball. So if you're going to mug someone, you're mugging them for £48.20. Pence yeah. at, the, at the time. Bazarin so. Wiggins says, three O's, you missed Ian Story more. We did it. <laughs> we just did a whole interview. We literally interviewed Ian Story more. We just did a whole Bazar, interview. come on, keep up. Um, that's obviously the, the, the one no one could, in the pub quiz, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one would know that. Who knew? The fact to remember, actually, next time we're on together on this show, Max, right. if that ever happens ever again. Yeah, okay, Saturday, presumably. Must try and remember yeah. who, who are the three. That is the quiz question. There are four. Let's remember there are four. Anyway, look, have you, if anybody has one of those footballs, mm. Rod, we'll give priority now to anyone who caught a football at a, at a Rod Stewart gig or mugged someone else for the ball. Or just caught anything. Caught, if you caught anything in a crowd, okay, in a and crowd, you've still gonna, got I was it. Going to say, actually, is that is this the right time? Is this the right time to, to ask that yeah. question? Yeah. Have you caught is anything you, in a crowd? <laughs> it's, it's not ask that question. Hands, face, space. It's not laughing. Okay, right? Yeah, absolutely right. No, if you have, yeah, if you've been in a, the crowd at a gig, yeah. and you've caught, or you've caught any football, or you know, not headed it away. We're only taking caught the ball. If you've caught the yeah. ball at a game and threw it back, or caught it and. T- Put it yeah. under your jumper. Oh, when you do that as a kid, 
when the ball goes in the crowd as a kid and you pick up the match ball and you hand it back to the massive footballer in front of you. That is a just great a moment. great yeah. moment that imprints, imprints itself. Um, uh, have you seen, uh, have you seen the, new, the Ben Affleck news? But the, yeah, I think I have because we've looked at the similar papers, but okay. go on, Max. Well, well it's interesting. I, got, I can bring it back to sport somehow. Uh, ben Affleck is one of my celebrity lookalikes. I'd just like to point out, I once tweeted Throwback Thursday, a time when I was feeling pensive about something and posted a picture of Ben Affleck and my mum emailed me to say, lovely picture of you on Twitter. <laughs> I look really well. Love is blind, isn't really, it? It look, really is really blind. Well. You look really good in that. <laughs> Thanks, mum. Anyway, Ben Affleck has split up with uh, f- uh, his girlfriend, oh. Bond girl, Anna de Armas. Okay. And uh, one real problem was that in the house, they'd had a cardboard cutout of Anna de Armas. And so uh, two people have been seen putting the giant cardboard cutout of Anna de Armas into a bin. Um, I don't know if you ever... I don't know, you know, if you have been through a divorce uh, or split up with someone and had to throw out a cardboard cutout of your partner (laughs) and say, I probably don't need this anymore. You know, the first time you bring someone else back, it's going to be awkward. Who's that? That's my ex-wife. But anyway, there's an apocryphal story that James Madison, before he was the nicest man in the world, would take a cardboard cutout of himself out with him. I have no idea if it's true. I was told it by an esteemed journalist, Barney Ronay. Why would he do that? I'm not really sure. Sure. I mean, uh, why would you have one of your wife? I wouldn't have one of my... I love my wife. I don't need a cardboard cutout of my wife. And well, she's away it. for what two a, what months. What a shame. I mean, that's all you've got at the moment <laughs> as well, true, to be yeah. honest. People have done worse. They're in the bin. And, and Anna de Armas. Yes, poor Anna in, de Armas in is in a dustbin. There we are. And did... Oh, I won't do the joke. It's fine. It's fine. Hey, top ten favourite on-screen slip-ups, Max. Oh, right. Okay. This is what I've found. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Do you want top, me to have a guess? Top one involves... Judy Finnegan? Judy Finnegan. Yeah, there we are. We all, we all knew it. Yeah. The British public are yeah. nothing if not predictable. Um, any others? Any others of note? Janet Jackson, similar one. Okay, yeah. People just seem to like that one. Was Those... Diana Ross's penalty in there to bring it back to sport? No, not just no. women accidentally having their clothes off? No. Um, uh, Thomas Schaffernacker giving the medal oh, thing. Yes. Have you ever seen that <laughs> in 2010? That. That's I always did, good. I did quite like that one, yes. Joe Wick's Breaking Wind While Live. La- that was last week. Was it? So often if you're just in people's memories you know you can climb up doesn't it Uh, Neil says Stan Collymore only has two O's in his Senate can we please Please. let it rest (laughs) everybody Callum Hudson (laughs) Adoy Alfie says this cannot be true my dad got knocked spark out at a Rod Stewart gig at a Hollywood Bowl in 2004 when he kicked balls off stage we successfully sued him. You can't sue him no. for that. <laughs> They're ridiculous. Apparently the most ever... Uh-huh. And Matt says someone in the US sued Sir Rod after being hit by one of those oh, rare and priceless mitre delta footballs. Well, actually, I've done panto in the past, Max, and, yeah. and you throw out sweets in panto and you're told not to throw them too hard. Oh, are you? <laughs> because you might knock some kid's oh, teeth like out a boiled with a, sweet to catch yeah, you right in the eye toffee penny yeah. or something in the uh, nose Mike says when I was Bobby about- Moore Max not Bobby Moore we <laughs> start this one can you wait until four o'clock and just keep texting Bobby Moore to Adrian and Goffey we don't want them anymore we'd love you to carry it on eight to eight, after four o'clock at five past four if you can all just text Bobby Moore to drive it's that would three be really brilliant in the surname <laughs> yeah, yeah just eight ten eighty nine. as soon as we're off air just everyone text Bobby Moore to Adrian uh, Mike says when I was about 14, I'd wait outside Prenton Park. Uh, Tranmere Rovers, yeah, Friday night game at Prenton Park. Whoa, wait for the lovely. balls to come over the stand. I'd sell them in school for 
£10. Some games I'd get three or four balls come over. Yeah, at Cambridge there's a little pond uh, behind the Habin stand and uh, there was always a man on a little boat just waiting to catch the oh, clearances. Yeah. And at Shrewsbury, in uh, the, what, what was that little boat called? The, Ora- the Coracle. At Shrewsbury, yes, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, Mike Bateson used to complain they were losing money because <laughs> the ball would go over the stadium. And they'd, never and they'd get say, it back. And the match balls, they cost more. It cost like 50 quid or something, a match ball, isn't it? Um, now, would you like to know, um, uh, would you like to know the country, the city where uh, people um, are the most, um, what's the word? Um, Have you thought this one through, uh, this vignette? Well, it's, it's about... Uh, no, I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to read I'm it. Not out. It's gone by no, the... don't text Bobby Moore now. Do it after four. <laughs> um, uh, 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 AJ says, "I was once the ball boy at the mighty Kingsland Town, matches by Ian Culverhouse. Yeah, the rules on the website. As a child, I caught the ball in front of a thousand-strong crowd. The cheers I got made me feel like I'd just scored a 90th-minute yeah. winner. Sign him up. That's, that's the chant, isn't it? Sign him up. Sign him. Oh, Red Eyes is back. So, sorry, sorry. We went sorry. to a, uh, a Jason Isbell gig. I've not heard of Jason. Uh, my apologies. He flicked his plectrum into." the crowd near us. Mass search of the floor failed to find it. Ooh. Do you know the most uh, this is, I don't know if this is true, I'm quite sure this is true, the most uh, uh, arrests ever at Wembley Stadium Max was at a take that gig. <laughs> really? <laughs> at a take that gig the most arrests oh, wow. ever. Blimey. The stadium, there we are. Lynx are making a comeback in Scotland Max. Are they? Uh, the animals? Yeah, they're, they're, okay. they're, they're not, they're releasing 400 links. Right. And then loads of 14 year old boys going up there. <laughs> <laughs> chasing them around chasing them around yeah. getting um, that sweet sweet smell on them so you're listening to Talk Sport Max yes, Rush and Talk Charlie Sport. Baker and uh, now uh, um, uh, now let's uh, hear the latest hits from Dua Lipa featuring Andy Jacobs something in you let up heaven in me you must have Gemma Collins playing a right back <laughs> I mean he's been Goodness great as Biliqueta but the he's got the way you move the way you feel The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. That was the best of the H&J Daily. And that was the best of it. Can you believe it? Yeah, I know. Unbelievable. No, that wasn't the best of H&J Daily. The best of H&J Daily would be H&J Daily Daily, which is a shorter version of this podcast, which... Oh, yeah, the T20 version. Anyway, listen, Professionals back. Paul is back tomorrow. I'll be sitting next to him. It includes a birthday spread. We'll see you all then. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 